It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David. And it's time for your weekly grape encounter. And I have to tell you that I am starting to become very encouraged, very encouraged about where the world is going because it looks like a lot of the restrictions that we have had to deal with for a very long time now are starting to ease up and I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. At least it looks like a light. Who knows? You know, it's been very rough doing what I do. You know, it's been rough for all of us doing whatever we do because we've been so you know, shut in for such a very long time. And there was somebody I've been wanting to get on the show for quite a while because she is, where wine is concerned, really is one of the great social butterflies. And it seems like every time I go to a good event, she is there. And it's Allison Levine from Please the Palate. And that flows very nicely, Allison. It is so nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. I mean, I normally, you know, I would bump into you at, at you know, one event or the other, but um, then everything went dark, right? And yeah. and I'm really curious to know how you have navigated through this, number one, and then also what you think the takeaway is going to be from our whole experience with COVID and, you know, what's changed that we actually like and we're going to make part of, you know, being wine enthusiasts. But before we do that, let's just talk. Let's just talk about you, shall we? Let's talk about you and please the palate. <laughs> your, <laughs> your, your business has been around for quite a while. and We're, we're coming up. It'll be we're at nine and a half years. We're coming up on our tenth anniversary next summer. You know what's so cool is that this you summer. you started Summer's- a you started a business that is sort of wine oriented before you were old enough to drink. <laughs> <laughs> You're so charming. <laughs> but you you work more on the client side rather than the consumer side. Paint a picture of please the palate so that people really understand what you're doing because the scope is pretty broad. Please the Palette, when I launched it, the focus, my focus has always been, um, I'm a boutique marketing agency. 
uh, marketing communications and event planning. So I work with wine regions around the world, domestically and internationally, and organize trade events for people in the industry from seminars to walk around tastings, uh, anything like that. And, and trade being buyers, importers, distributors, press. Uh, when I launched my business almost 10 years ago, I started a blog because why not? And right, I yeah. had worked for a trade magazine prior to starting my business. So I had written a little bit and I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to keep it going, share with my friends where I was eating and drinking. And, and the blog turned into writing for a few different outlets. Um, and over the years, I continue to blog and I write for a number of um, outlets. Um, I had a column in the Napa Valley Register for over five years, and um, I started doing videos and have been doing wine reviews with a friend of mine called the Wine Weirdos for a couple of years. Yeah. And so that was all prior to being locked in my house for a year. <laughs> right. Well, you know, it, it just seemed like I, I follow you in a very proper sort of way. And it always seems like you're deep into something. And I was surprised when we talked just before this interview that really, though, you're not getting out as much as you give the impression that you do. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't falsify my Instagram or what I'm doing. I am a lot of what I've done is virtual. I have kept a very, very small bubble over the last year. My family is my bubble. I have chosen that my parents and my niece and nephew are my priorities to see and uh -huh. spend time with than anyone else. So I see a few friends virtually um, outside socially distanced. Um, but when I say that, we're talking less than a dozen times over the last year that I've met people um, outdoors. So I've taken only a couple local trips by car um, up to Paso and San Inez. Um, I was judging a wine competition last summer. No, in the fall, sorry, in like September and decided to just extend it and write a story about how you could travel safely and social distance yeah. and was it possible. And that was really the only trip that I had taken um, until I went away uh, for my birthday with my family last weekend, again, for a socially distanced just escape the house and <laughs> I had to I had to chuckle because when I was doing a little a little bit of let's call it refreshment research on you and I was looking at various photos that you have posted on your website and you know that it's just elbow to elbow people at these trade events and if there is any kind of trade event where people are jammed in like sardines, it's wine events because everybody's trying to get up to the front of the bar. And that's actually the same thing that you see in the tasting rooms as well. Yeah, so as, yeah, so as I was looking at your photos, I, I said, well, that ain't going to happen anymore. And I'll bet it doesn't. I'll bet you anything that people are going to allow a little more distance. What do you think? You know, I think gone are the days where you show up to wine country and just, where do I want to go? Um, yeah. You have to plan, and which is always recommended because big wineries could maybe take walk-ups, but a lot of small wineries were always appointment only. So now I think that it's a method that's going to stay, this idea that you make an appointment and you get a really dedicated, special experience. Yeah. And I think that's something to stay. It's been every winery experience I've had to date over the last year has been responsible, socially distanced, yeah. but also personal, like a dedicated person talking to you. And you have one person that comes up, talks to you about the wine, pours it safely, masked and everything. 
and then leaves you to your business. And I, I think that that is here to stay. I think it is a wonderful experience for anyone going to wine country. And you know, something that I want to add to what you're saying is this, that it wasn't that long ago that winemakers started to apply a pretty hefty price to going to a tasting. And, mm-hmm. and so you were going to go in there, you were going to be with a whole bunch of other people, and you're going to pay, you know, it started at 10 bucks, but it wasn't long before a lot were doing it all the way up to, say, $50 for a tasting. And to me, you know, I love my winemakers. I love the people in the wine industry. But that's one place that torqued me, is that I felt like if, if you're going to charge me $50 for, you know, a one ounce taste of wine times five or six or even eight, then give me something of value. Give me your time and, you know, make it worth my while because I want a $50 experience, <laughs> plain and simple. Well, and I think that's that's an interesting thing because going to wine country now, I've never been one that's how many wineries can I do in a day? When I've planned trips for friends where we're going to go up to San Inez or Paso Robles for two or three days, you know, I'm very realistic. um, This is the event planner in me of how many wineries we can visit in a day successfully. This is not a competition of how drunk can I get or how much wine can I consume? And realistically, four is the maximum. And that's if you're including lunch at one of them. All right. Well, we're going to talk uh, much more about this and other things. I've got so many things that I need to run past you because, Allison, I just respect your opinion so much. And this is the first time you've been on the show. It's Allison Levine, and her company is Please the Palette. Please the Palette. And they do a whole lot. I want to say they, it's you and the people that you team up with do a lot of really cool things in the industry. And uh, we'll talk about those when we return with Grape Encounters. Many wine enthusiasts describe wine as a kind of time machine that can transport you to the place and time it was created without leaving home. Whether you're sipping a Sangiovese from Italy or a German Riesling, tasting is traveling. That being said, Total Wine & More is like the world's biggest airport. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world in their stores, you can be incredibly adventurous and savor every journey. Plus, you can do all of your shopping online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order at your local store or curbside for the ultimate in safe shopping. There's always more in store at Total Wine & More. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. 
think it might be because I have been locked up for such a long time that uh, some of the people that I've been talking to lately, I just sort of want to talk to them for five or ten hours straight just because there is so much to share. And somebody that I, I love sharing with but I don't get to see her very often is Allison Levine, who is the founder of Please the Palette, which is a great company when it comes to promoting wineries, wine regions, you know, all things in the wine trade and consumer stuff as well. And she is so, so, so plugged in. We did a trip together, not just uh, her and I, but a whole group of people to Greece not too terribly long ago. And now we get to visit thanks to Zoom. Allison, I know you're pretty flipped out, aren't you, about not being able to be out there every day because literally, I think we both were constantly traveling. Um, It's interesting because I was always on a plane and I was not traveling two thirds of my year, but I was traveling a good amount. And at least once a month, I was taking either a local trip up to wine country or I was flying somewhere for events. And I mean, I was traveling a lot. And so I'd come home and a long stint at home was having two weeks at home with no travel or three weeks at home. Very rarely was it longer. And so that's been a shift, like not packing and unpacking. And I've always worked from home when I'm not traveling, I've worked from home. And and coincidentally, I had redone my loft, my office a year ago before everything happened. So I had just redone the carpet, got a new desk, cleaned up all the junk, reorganized. And then suddenly I was home and I enjoy, I actually sort of secretly enjoyed the lockdown at first. Um, I didn't complain about it. It was what it was. I mean, it it hindered a lot work-wise because we had to cancel a lot of pending events and things that were on the books for the next six months, to be honest. But I'd never been home for so long. So I actually planted a little hydroponic garden and I started growing vegetables and I started (laughs) cooking and I started actually drinking the wine I have at home. I just started like kind of nesting in home, which I've never had the opportunity to do. Then I got a little antsy, but at the same time, I mean, I feel very fortunate. I have a proper office set up, which was not something I had to create Um, So I'm really able to separate it and I'm very used to working from home. So it is not an adjustment in that way. And um, I'm bombarded with wine bottles um, that I have at home. So it's just me to drink them by myself. (laughs) And it's been great. Is it having Zoom, being able to connect with friends? There are friends that I talk to on a weekly basis that I never would have talked to that often, you know, locally. And there are friends that in the wine industry that we connect through virtual tastings, or I see them on other, you know, media tastings. And I would have seen them on my annual multi trips to San Francisco or something. So so (laughs) let me throw a thought in here for a second. You know, wine is something that should bring people to table. It's there to slow us down and make us thoughtful and help us to connect. And people like you and I who work on the business end of it, We are running like crazy and people will go, oh, you're so lucky you get to go to all these wine regions and you get to taste all of these wines. Well, yes, I'm very fortunate for that. You're very fortunate for that. But at the same time, what we don't really get to do is slow down. You know, you're literally packing and unpacking and packing and unpacking. And it's nice to just 
be at home and let the wine do what it does best, which is to relax you and to engage you. I want to talk to you, um, Allison, about some of the things that I'm noticing that people are doing that I think are, are good outgrowths of this. And they're things that you have a lot of experience in. I noticed that you have teamed up with a, a good buddy of mine, Chris Kern, who has a, a business called The Forgotten Grapes. What's cool about his business is, is he's really focused on wine varietals that nobody's ever heard of and certainly can't pronounce. Have you found that people are much more receptive to experiencing varietals that they haven't experienced, doing things that they haven't done before? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing a lot more kind of consumer virtual tasting. So with with Chris Kern, it's great. Every month, there's a bundle of four wines that people get for $100, it's a, it's more for people in Southern California because we hand deliver the wines. Okay. But what's great about it is he offers a virtual tasting with the winemaker. If you want to come, you come. If you don't, you don't. But you get the four wines. And he was always focused on Paso. And I've sort of opened the door into San Inez and other places. But all these wines are these small little boutique wineries you're not going to find on restaurant right. lists. You're not going to find in stores. They're grapes you may not have heard of. But... How would you find them otherwise? If you went to wine country, you might not even find these people. So it's a great way to kind of bring these small producers into your home. And one day when you can travel again, you know, now you know where you want to go. And then I started doing virtual tastings with a group called Wine Cult out of Santa Barbara. It's a wine club. And we've been taking people around the world, exposing them to regions and grapes they've never heard of. I mean, our next series, we're going to the old, old world and we're going to do Georgian wine and yes, Croatian wine. Yes. I have to practice my my pronunciation of these wines. Like, <laughs> it's pretty intimidating. You know, it's, what's so interesting about what you're talking about right now is that uh, those places that were, you know, Eastern Bloc countries, um, you know, part of the Soviet Union, they are also just incredible wine regions. And like, as an example, uh, the country Moldova, everybody in Moldova has a wine cellar. Everybody, you just have to have a wine cellar. And there are these underground caves in Moldova that are the largest, most extensive network of wine caves in the world. They go on for uh, what amounts to about 400 U.S. miles. And they're lined. Uh, you can drive cars down there. There's the, there's a grid. And I want to see this stuff. That's the fun thing. Yeah, is right. That, that small producers, weird grapes, wine regions, like we're able to travel around the world from our computers. And yes, it's not the same as going. But what I found is, you know, many times to meet a winemaker, even if it's to a local region or internationally, you have to plan. You have to plan right. overnights. It costs a lot of money because people fly, they get hotels. I mean, even if you do it on a low budget, you're spending money. Here, you spend a nominal amount to buy wine, which you're gonna enjoy, not just at the virtual tasting, but at your home the next night or over the next month. And the winemaker's coming into your home or you're learning. Right, and you know what the thing is, everybody really has to realize is that we are being bombarded with budget 
travel opportunities, hotel opportunities. The Any place you want to go right now, you could probably go for half what it would have cost you a couple of years ago. You can plan one whale of a trip. So we're going to take a commercial break. And uh, Allison, I'm going to ask you when we come back. So I'll give you a little time to think about it. What have you been thinking about in terms of where you're going to go when they take the shackles off of you? Maybe one or two places where you're going, you know what? That's where I need to go. So that's what we're going to talk about next when we return with Grape Encounters and a very, 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 very special guest, Allison Levine. She is the brainchild behind Please the Palette. It's pleasethepalette.com. Check it out, and we'll be back in just a matter of minutes. When we think of sommeliers, we naturally think of wine, right? Well, not so fast. Did you know there are sommeliers for milk, salt, mustard, and even chocolate? Thanks to endless food shows, off-the-wall cookbooks, celebrity chefs, and Google, of course, meals have become so imaginative that wine pairing can be as daunting as it is delightful. And that's one of the best reasons to make Total Wine & More an essential part of your culinary adventures. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world to choose from, Total Wine & More can make mealtime magical. And no matter how exotic or off-the-wall your meal may be, your Total Wine expert is all about finding the perfect match. But if you just want a little inspiration without leaving home, you can log on to TotalWine.com for awesome food pairings, enticing discoveries, and online ordering. There's a world of wine in store at Total Wine and more. We're back with more Grape Encounters. Hey, please do us an enormous favor and like us on Facebook. It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities that we may not share on the broadcast. Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com. Listeners on our contact list receive some exclusive opportunities. Become an insider. Enough said. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. So my guest this week is somebody that I had the opportunity to travel in a group with, and I think it was about four years ago. And man, we were all over Greece, especially Northern Greece, and just had a ball she is Allison Levine, and she is a great person to travel with because she understands travel. And, you know, there are people who just suck when <laughs> when it comes to travel. They don't know how to pack. They can't get in and out of a hotel very easily. But those people where travel is part of your work, you get very good at it. And, Allison, you're somebody that's used to being very, very mobile. What I want to know is where are you going when they unlock you? When they say, okay, you're free to roam the world, have you thought about some places that are different than the sort of obvious suspects? My take in travel has always been anywhere. I'll go anywhere, anywhere, anytime. I mean, you you have to understand I have a master's in international communications with a focus on cross-cultural training. So my passion is other cultures. Um, Obviously, most of my travel is related to wine now, but there are so many great regions of the world. So- I think at the top of my list, I want to go back to Italy. I mean, I lived there and I have friends there and I want to go back. I would love to go explore. Um, I'd love to take to go to somewhere like Georgia yeah. or um, Hungary and explore the wines. I did a big trip 
right before lockdown, well, not right before, but the, the summer, like September, October before, where I had done Southern Italy, uh, the Naples area that I had always dreamt of going to. So I'd kind of checked one off the bucket list. And now I haven't thought about traveling so long. I can't even remember, like everything's on the list. You know, Anything's on the list. Well, right now, you know, now is the time to be planning things. I am with you on Georgia. The wines that come from Georgia are amazing, but consumers in America will rarely, if ever, see them. And Croatian wines is a good example of wines that you can get, but you're going to have to work at it a little bit, and you will find them. And you want to try them because these are really great wines. And Allison, you're mentioning Italy. You know, we kind of tend to migrate to the same couple of regions in Italy But I'm here to tell you that every corner of that country has a wine region, and they're all very different. And so there's a lot more to explore than you could possibly imagine. When you get down there, you're going to find that you've missed about, well, just about 90% of Italy if you're just kind of doing the, the regular wine thing there. So, yeah, definitely, though, put your trip together right now because um, you can do it super cheap. They are going to open the doors. They're going to let us out. I know. I just can't decide where I want to go. I want to visit friends in Canada and Italy, and I want to go to South America. I want to go to the Seychelles Islands, not for wine. I want there's. I want to go okay. anywhere I can possibly go. Um, I have wanderlust again. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about the the virtual tastings there. You know, I've I've actually complained about them a bit on this show. We've kind of worn the concept out a bit, but there are people that are doing some fun things with them, and I've seen some winemakers get very, very creative. What part of that are we going to hang on to, do you think? Um, well, I mean, I look at virtual tastings from two sides because I'm invited to them as a journalist, and then I'm hosting them as a wine educator. So there's the consumer side. So it's kind of interesting. Like I said, I just think, I think they're here to stay. Like I do trade events and, and their walk around tastings or seminars, and you cannot replace those when you've got 30, 40 wineries opening up a bunch of wine for trade or consumer, no one can send you that many samples or you can't buy that much wine to taste. So I think that I miss those things, but I think that when it's getting to know the winemaker, we can't travel every weekend. And so if the idea is on a Friday night, the winemaker's coming into your home yeah, and you do it at your own convenience for one hour and then you go have dinner with your friends and family or have people over and enjoy food with the wines that you just met the winemaker, I don't see why that's going to go away. I mean, same thing as a journalist, like, I'm not complaining. I would love to do it, but it's expensive to fly a bunch of people to a country. And I think there's a lot of value because it's important to really put your hands in the soil and, and see the places. But when you can't do that, or for the one in, you know, 10 trips they offer, you can still meet the winemakers throughout the time. And it, I think they can maximize their budgets. I think they can maximize their exposure. They can reach more people. When I do a virtual tasting, whether attending or hosting, other than the Forgotten Grapes ones, because those are Southern California only, like I can have people from the East Coast and the West Coast at the same time. We can have a winemaker from Italy talking to us. You don't have to focus on one market at a time. And I think that's what's 
great about virtual events. You know, by the way, I I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that one of the things that I've been doing for people, and I've got a, a great one that I'm doing in a couple of days, people are getting together with their friends all over the country. And so in this particular case, it's four couples that would normally travel together, but now they're isolated from one another. So we've sent them, um, each of the couples, three bottles of wine, and they're going to have a virtual get-together, and they're going to have fun. Exactly. And we're going to do exactly. something. And by the way, we're going to do something. We're going to do a number of things that are really different than what you would do at a normal tasting. For instance, I sent them uh, each a little um, stopper bottles full of simple sugar. And that's going to be for a little experiment that I, I love to, to do for people where, you know, they taste this wine and it's a dry wine and, the, you know, and he loves that wine, but she doesn't or vice versa. And I have been teaching people for a long time that if you'll just keep something like simple sugar around, that you can adjust that wine so it it suits both palates. How's wow. that for pleasing the palate, huh? Wow. You're, I mean, you're right. I don't know that, how I feel about adding sugar to my wine, but I think it's an interesting concept. Well, well okay, but see, see, and there and therein lies the point that winemakers add sugar to wine all the time. You know what? People should drink what they like, and if that's what it takes to open up their mind to trying new things, I'm all for it. Well, you know, look, you go to a nice restaurant. And you order a meal, and if the chef has done his or her job correctly, then that meal that they're going to serve shouldn't need any adjustments at all. You should just be able to just eat it. But lo and behold, right there on the table is salt and pepper and sometimes uh, other condiments that they will bring. And that is because there are people that really need, you know, that spiciness or that saltiness added to the meal because of just the the structure of their taste buds and, and how they taste things and they perceive things differently. So why not teach somebody, yeah. you know, that you can both love that bottle of wine? Anyway, we're talking to Allison Levine. She is the founder of Please the Palate. And I guarantee you that if you go to wine-related events, you're first of all, you're going to bump into her. But second of all, it might be her event, okay? <laughs> so treat her nice, and maybe she has something really good that's hidden right behind that shrub over there, okay? So <laughs> just be nice to Allison. And we have just one segment left with her, but we're going to bring you back more often, Allison, because you're a joy to have on the show, and I hope you'll do that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> all right. We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second, all right? Stay with us. Even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, it takes nearly superhuman powers to keep up with the folks at Total Wine & More. I remember the first time I ever set foot in a Total Wine & More store, my jaw literally dropped to the floor as I tried to comprehend the astonishing wine spirit and beer offerings that were suddenly at my fingertips, wonderfully organized for super easy navigation. How do they pull off such an amazing feat? Well, it all comes down to an incomparable team of experts that constantly searches every corner of the world for amazing products priced so you can enjoy them on any occasion. Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with outstanding producers on every continent 
so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at incredible savings. New discoveries, must-have favorites, and more than 8,000 wine choices that you can even explore from home on your laptop or phone. Explore Total Wine in whatever manner suits you best, in person or if you've come to enjoy that curbside experience, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your wine in the store or just outside if a contactless experience is your preference. And make sure to check for special opportunities that are always plentiful at TotalWine.com. There are always plenty of reasons to get excited about your next Total Wine experience. We like to talk about wine. Did you know that there's a lot more going on in the world of Grape Encounters than what you hear each week on the radio show? If your answer is no, it means that you're not as plugged into our wild, wacky, and wonderful world of wine. But we can fix that right now. I really want to share a lot more with you than what we're able to do during the weekly show like wine recommendations, interesting ways you can play with your wine, information about upcoming wine happenings, and even recipes I've developed just for you. There are two things you can do to get plugged in. First, join the Grape Encounters Radio group page on Facebook. Make sure it's the group page. Or you can sign up for our mailing list at grapeencounters.com. In coming weeks, I'll be doing giveaways, offering free online parties exclusively for you, and a lot more. Please don't miss out. Connect with me on Facebook or at GrapeEncounters.com. You know, some people just know how to have fun. And I have one such person on with me today. It's Allison Levine of Please the Palette. And she is, by the way, so much fun that she has made a career out of making sure other people have fun as well. Allison, uh, here's a question for you. I want to know one of or the very top experience that you've ever had with wine. I feel very blessed because I have had so many wonderful experiences in wine. And, um, you know, they always say, like, when people say, what's your favorite wine or oh, yeah, what's right. the best wine you ever drink? And I'm like, the next wine I drink is always right. because I'm always open to what's next and and compare. But I will say that I went on a pretty extraordinary trip, a press trip a couple years ago with an importer, Wilson Daniels, and they took us to different properties of theirs. Yeah. So this one week trip, we went to nine properties. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was exhausting because we traveled by car and we flew in and we went to Cognac, Champagne, Burgundy, Beaujolais, Rhone, wow. and Provence. And we visited one property in each of these regions, but that meant getting up early, driving where we were going, chasing all day, getting back to your hotel at one in the morning and getting up again at seven and going. I mean, it's hard work. It really is. And I did a trip two years ago, I think, to Bordeaux, where we packed so much in that literally I was exhausted. Every night I was just like 
drop dead tired because we'd do four or five properties during the daytime, have a, a dinner that went late into the night. You'd come back and try to file your stories and then, you know, you're back at it again. This right. was one a day, but I mean, a lot of time in the car because you're driving through a country. Right. Well, so the the first bucket list thing was that we went to um, go say champagne. It was my very first trip. It's a region I've always wanted to go to. You can add that to the top of my bucket list, but I got to spend one day and go into the cellars awesome. and touch the walls of chalk that I had read about and studied about and, and learned. And that was just an extraordinary experience to have something come to life that I had always read about and thought about. Um, but I'd be remiss if I didn't share my one bragging experiences. It was a surprise to us, but um, we ended up stopping by the very famous Domaine de la Romanie Conti. Oh, wow. Um, and just standing in front of the property was exciting enough. But when Albert came down and invited us to go look at the cellar, we were giddy and thought, well, that's great. This is an opportunity of a lifetime. And then we went in the cellar and he asked us if we wanted to taste the 2016 vintage that was in barrel and had just finished fermentation. It was like early. And we tasted through barrels of every major wow. vineyard. And while these were not the finished products, I understand what an extraordinary, special, unique experience that was. So that trip was just an amazing trip. And, so. But by the way, I need to throw in for people who are are not familiar with that label. We're talking about wines that can easily sell for $20,000 a bottle. Right. Okay? So these aren't wines that I'll be drinking any other time except. <laughs> I, I, I was at I was at my uh, friend, uh, Mark Carter, who is Carter Sellers, and he has had, I think, nine perfect scores from Robert Parker. He also has the, I think it's the ninth best wine list in the world at his uh, restaurant, which is um, the Carter House. And they took me into their wine cellar, and I got to cradle in my arms <laughs> a bottle that was priced at, it was like about $19,000. And I was so nervous <laughs> with that. Anyway, yeah. uh, yes, there are yeah. wines that really do cost that much money. Now, listen, we're running out of time. So uh, you got to give me that best experience that you've had since um, things went to hell in a handbasket. It's tough. I mean, I'm just a glasses half full type person. So I've you just, are. And, and I am a social person. So as much as I have, I guess, some introvert qualities and my days have been, have been busy with lots of great education and connections through wine. And so I don't know if I can pick just one, but I've had an opportunity to taste some really lovely wines. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm sorry. You know, but I'll tell you something that you said there that I do think is really a really wonderful point. And it's that this pandemic has caused us to get over our fear of having face-to-face conversations with a camera on. Yeah, we've had FaceTime for a long time now, but people are really using it now. I know for our interviews, it brings so much more to the interview to be able to look that person in the eye and to react to expressions and things like that. Like I could tell if you're embarrassed, you're blushing, or you're excited about something. So, you know, it's a, it is something that I'm glad um, has really, really flourished in this COVID environment. Well, Allison, that is it for today. But I am so going to con you 
into doing some kind of a, a fun event with me. Sounds good. Because I've got I, I got to hearing what your I got a, idea is. I got a few things in my pocket. All right, listen, that that is going to do it for Grape Encounters today. If your ears have perked up to something that Allison has talked about today, please go visit her website. She's written a lot, a lot, a lot of articles for a lot of different people. And so it's easy to find. Just look at the menu at the top of the page and, you know, work your way um, to all the wonderful things that she's written. She's a very good writer. And check out videos I'm doing called Crush on This with some girlfriends. Oh, man. Okay. Well, yeah, do that. And you will be a happier person after you do this because the personalities of winemakers find their way into the bottle and Allison's personality finds its way into everything that she does. And that is why you are on today. And I thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's pleasethepalette.com. That's going to do it for Grape Encounters. We have 605 episodes at grapeencounters.com. So by all means, go overdose on this show. And we'll see you back here next week. This edition of Grape Encounters has been brought to you by Total Wine & More. When Total Wine & More challenged themselves to keep more than 8,000 wines on hand, they pioneered a consumer experience that 99.999% of the population would have thought was impossible. It was an undertaking that I still can't totally get my arms around today. But I've spent many hours of my personal time being that adult kid in a candy store, using my mouse to learn about their extremely affordable top 20 wines of the year, or learning eye-opening details about the iconic winemakers behind Total Wine's Legends of Wine collection. TotalWine.com is an online resource so rich with content, it's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at the same time next week for another Grape Encounter.